Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. Today is Wednesday, October 7th, 2020, and the Premier League is broken. That's the only way I can put it. It is goals, bonanza. It is nothing. There is no defense. We are the Farmers League now. Uh, Martin, just quick update that there's been 38 games within the first four weeks of the season, 144 goals, zero goalless draws, and the most goals scored at this stage in the Premier League season in England by like a bajillion. So if you're wondering if I've been just slamming the over on all these games, you are correct, and it's been incredible. Dude, it's quite genuinely been the craziest start to a Premier League season that I can ever remember. It, the craziest start to any type of season in any sport that I can remember. And I'm so fucking here for it. Like, everybody always talks about how England is the toughest league, yada, yada, yada. But I feel like over the past couple of years, it's there's been way too many instances of 1-0 wins and 0-0 games, like 2-1 wins. This year... The defenders said, nah, fuck that. Coronavirus is here. Let's make it entertaining for the fans. Let's not play defense. Goals only, vibes only, and I'm here for it. I love it. And the only bad thing about it for me, Kev, is that my team seems to be on the opposite side of scoring goals. Love getting scored on. Hate scoring goals. So uh, everything else, though, fantastic, fun to see. I I cannot thank uh, Premier League enough for having this fun-ass atmosphere back. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we get all this, and now we have another international break. Of course. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, why, why are we having an international break again, guys? Like, you postponed the Euros. We know who's going to be in the Euros. Jeez, why is there an international break to play Bosnia Herzegovina for no fucking reason? I hate this shit. Death, taxes, and us bitching about the international break. <laughs> yeah, right. It's literally just goes the course but all right guys we have a very exciting show for you today uh we have obviously um we're gonna talk about it martin we're gonna talk about it what happened to united uh we're gonna talk about what happened to liverpool so just northern england fans just know we're gonna talk about both those thrashings um we're going to discuss deadline day uh, all the transfers, all the crazy stuff that happened on the last day. Arsenal got their man, and maybe United got theirs. Um, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we what else were we going to talk about? And then we have fan questions. So yeah, I think that'll be pretty much the show. And then we'll touch upon on the other teams. But obviously, the United um, Tottenham game and the Villa Liverpool game will be our big talking points today. But Martin, before we get into any of that, this is something that we've been chatting about we talk on the phone about we text and bitch about all the time and i'm just here to say fuck peacock tv this is what i wanted to open the show with and you were totally down for it yeah i can't stand peacock tv we bitched about this years ago with nbc gold more paywalls so confusing i am switching like why did i buy youtube tv if i have to switch back and forth they don't tell me which of the games are on which and when they do i'm literally switching back and forth back and forth it is so annoying i just wish nbc would just put it on regular tv but no they're trying to grow the out of the top five sports obviously the least popular in america but you know what they do instead i now have like six subscriptions i have espn plus i have fox i have bleacher report i have like 
just to watch soccer. I think I have six subscriptions now. So I, I give you the floor. I think Peacock TV, uh, which what the fuck is Peacock? It doesn't even have that much shit on there. Like it's it's not good. Yeah, I, I really don't understand it at all. Obviously, if y'all are a longtime listener, you know our fucking issues with the likes of ESPN Plus and NBC Gold and just the ridiculousness that uh, that these companies are putting up a paywall to watch soccer. It's just foolish, and obviously there's money in it, so they're going to exploit that shit. But at the same time, it ruins the fucking feel-goodness of soccer. I mean, like Kev said, six subscriptions, six separate subscriptions to watch one league. Now, if you want to watch the Bundesliga, you have to have an ESPN Plus account. If you uh, want to watch uh, the Champions League, who knows if it's going to be on Bleacher Report Live this year. CBS this year. Or what? Because I can't watch it if it's on CBS. I cannot fucking find any streams to uh, watch it on if it's on CBS because CBS has its own fucking subscription and I'm not going to pay another ten ninety nine to watch. That is absolutely horseshit, Kev. And really, is this making you guys so much money you can't stop doing it? Are you making just ogles and ogles of money and you keep having to include another subscription to watch? Peacock, you can go fuck yourself, number one. Number two... You're not even a real subscription channel. You're just some offshoot of NBC. It's just NBC's own life hack to make more money. Like they just have split their content into two tiers of subscription and told everybody, hey, you just go spend more money. And uh, well, fuck, we're doing it. Fuck you, NBC. Fuck you, ESPN Plus. Uh, go suck a dick and die. That's what uh, I got to say. Beautiful. Eloquent. Martin, you just have a way with words. And I'm a poet. Yeah, I, I just feel like Peacock was like they were going to send their shitty shows like AP Bio, which I haven't watched. It's that new show with uh, – what's his name? It's Patton Oswalt and uh, from always – Dennis from Always Sunny. Yeah, and I just thought that was like you know the elephant's graveyard where they just sent their shows that couldn't make it to like live TV. But now they're encroaching on my Premier League, which was like the most frustrating thing. And I know this is such a first world problem, but like I'm just going to bitch because I'm going to. Um, Martin, like when it was like Sunday, like I'm trying to switch between like the NFL games and the Premier League, or trying to like see what's all on. But I got to switch between apps now. Like I'm just. Stop it. You're you're being ridiculous, Peacock TV. So I'm already fed up with it. it. <laughs> Just back and forth, back and forth. Oh, Rebecca Lau, uh, Lowe letting me know. Oh, if you want to watch the next game, head over to um, – and they don't even tell you if it's premium or not. All right. Um, I'm done with that. We're off Peacock TV. Martin, I, we're going to open up. We're, we're done with the Peacock. We're going to move on to the opening games of the weekend. Manchester United versus Tottenham. Um, I you have the floor. I figured we would get this out. You can get all this energy out. I know it's been building up. I know you must have felt much better after the Liverpool match to like heal some of your wounds, but that sucked. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple games that throughout the years that um, I will never watch again. I will never watch the highlights. If I see a commercial with them on, I will look away. That was certainly one of those games where. I mean, it, it was just such a shocking humiliation. Um, I don't think anybody in their right mind expected it. I mean, thank God I went into the game thinking that we were going to lose. I, I just did not expect a good old 6-2 scoreline. And after the first, you know, three minutes, when uh, old silky Marcus Rashford got himself fouled in the box and Bruno Fernandez slotted home that his first penalty of the year, 
I was feeling good. I was like, oh, shit, if we can keep a 1-0 lead going into halftime, you know all crazy stat about halftime leads uh, resulting in Ws. And uh, this this obviously was not going to happen that way. Uh, I think like three minutes later, Tottenham equalized over a defensive error, and then Tottenham went ahead. And then from there, it fell apart. And, I mean, you just – in the first 15 minutes, it looked like United and Tottenham were on even playing fields. But the worst things got for United, the worse they played and the better Tottenham played. And it was just a – it was just a fucking murder. At the end of the day, it was it was you know a fucking curb stomp in Manchester, and that's exactly what Deli or uh, uh, Huming Son and Harry Kane and uh, Pierre Schoiberg, um did to this Manchester United team. They embarrassed him, especially that back line. Harry Maguire looked like a complete fool out there. Eric Bai was missing entirely. Fucking absolute dog shit. He plays one good game against the. Uh, Gay Seagulls B squad, and all of a sudden he's going to be the starting center back. Great, 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 great. Uh, and then, of course, you have the absolute fool of a refereeing mistake that sent Martial off in the 28th minute, and Manchester United never seemed to recover from that. So, in conclusion, it was shit in the beginning, it was shit in the middle, and it was shit in the evening. And uh, it's one of those games where I never want to see anything from that game again. That that shit hurt. That that really fucking hurt. Yeah, dude. I was just like, got to put Martin on suicide watch. Like, immediately <laughs> after. I was like, oh, no. I got to look out for my friend. Um, yeah, dude. First off, the whole Lamella and Martial. Like, Lamella should have been sent off if Martial was going to be sent off. But uh, besides that egregious, like, refereeing mistake... I mean, even with the red card, I think, I mean, even without the red card, I still would have probably picked Tottenham to win this match. I mean, Maguire and Bai, like, it was comical to watch. That, that video, I mean, not not video, but, like, the scene where Harry Maguire knocks down Luke Shaw and tries to rip Luke yeah. Shaw off the ball. Like, you got to strip this guy of the captaincy, right? Like, he doesn't deserve to wear the captain's armband. I don't know who does, and... Pogba again, just a miss in this. Like, I don't even like. Where are you with Pogba right now? I feel like you've gone back and forth on him as well. Well, I mean, I th- I think uh, you tweeted this this weekend. Um, like over the four years that he has been back in Manchester, I can name like five games that he has been absolutely stuttering. And other than that, he is you know fucking average at best and invisible at worst. So I. I really think once again Pogba the hype train is, is has really led us to no destination and you know I've been saying over the years build that team around him and he'll excel give him time and he'll excel and fuck man it's been four years since we started saying that and at this point like is he even a starting player going forward I mean he he really did not bring anything to that game he, he has some brilliant cross the field passes at times but other than that he's he is a liability I'd rather uh, have McTominay out there with Van de Beek and um, uh, Bruno Fernandes in the midfield. And I I just do not understand, um, number one, Manchester United's tactics. I don't understand their energy levels. It's so fucking inconsistent. It doesn't seem to matter what coach it is. I mean, Ollie has seen the most brilliant nights in Manchester. He's also seen the shittiest fucking night in Manchester. And I, I, I do not blame Ollie for this game at all. I mean, fuck, those players gave up out there, and it was an embarrassment. Um, from Harry Maguire, like you said, body slamming Luke Shaw to try and fix his absolute mistake. Um, 
which resulted in a goal to uh, by and uh, McGuire being completely turned off when Harry Kane played that quick pass to Son off of a uh, free kick. Uh, it, it was it was just embarrassing, and you can't fucking blame the uh, manager for every single game. These players have to take responsibility, and the likes of David De Gea, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandez, all took to social media to state this was not good enough uh, uh, for to any of our fans, all of our fans. And that's at least some type of responsibility. And, and this just seems to be a repeat of every other fucking season after Sir Alex leaves. We have a good end to the season prior. We, you know, we did that last year. We went on a, a crazy unbeaten streak. We did that the year prior to that. We beat uh, PSG in the Champions League, et cetera, et cetera. And we have a good end run to the season. Then the summer fucking happens and nothing fucking happens all summer. And then we get back into the Premier League and we're dog shit for the first three months. We hear, oh, Manchester United is going to be relegated again. And it was, it's almost like picture perfect of last season. And we'll pick it up again in December and finish fourth, third, and restart the whole process again and never get better. Just continue to be mediocre and inconsistent and dog shit. God, we're awful. Okay, I, I'm hearing everything you're saying, but I also want to take into account that what Josie Mourinho is doing at Tottenham is phenomenal. Harry Kane and Son, it's a just a rebirth of them. They that duo has been unbelievable, and I know Josie Mourinho smirking his ass off at Old Trafford, a big revenge game for him, and then patting, uh, patting Oli on the back of the head after the match and staring at the camera was just the man is just a masterclass and just stirring the pot. So I do want to give they put a camera in front of his face for a documentary like. If anything is going to instigate and bring back the old Mourinho, it's literally having him be the centerpiece in a TV drama. Like, fuck, did nobody see that coming? Like, if you if you make Mourinho the star of a TV show, he's got his mojo back immediately. And, and like you said, bam, look at Tottenham now. They, they look well-oiled this game. Yeah, they are... I think people are going to shit on United, which rightfully so, like you have. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely yeah. think Tottenham... Uh, I, you know, we kind of, at the beginning of the season, like, kind of left them out the dry to say they won't even make mm-hmm. a top four push. At this point, I would say, hell yeah. I mean, I think they're, compared to what we're seeing around the Premier League, who knows? I mean, it is just a, a shooting fish in a fucking barrel right now. Who knows what we're going to get? Um, let's move on to the Liverpool match. 7-2. Uh, this will make you feel better, Martin. 7-2, mm-hmm. Aston Villa-Liverpool. Um, wow. Uh, where do we, where do we even begin with this? Um, Patrick Hero, Ollie Watkins, baby. I mean, to put three past this Liverpool defense. I mean, granted, we make fun of it at times for Joe Gomez and TAA's defending skills, but nobody should be able to put three past. Certainly not Ollie Watkins on Aston Villa, and seven past at the end of the day. I'm I'm speechless, Kev. Like, thank God this is not United. We already talked about United, but this gives me so much fucking weird joy and speechlessness. It's it's wild. Yeah, I mean, Ollie Watkins was Thierry Henry out there. He yeah. is the first player uh, since 2010, since your boy, DeMar- uh, since Berbatov, to put a hat trick on Liverpool. Um, that That's an insane stat. But anyway, um, I mean, a lot of things were really unlucky for Liverpool in this. And I mean, 
losing 7-2, it's not completely them being unlucky. I mean, three deflected goals. You also have Adrian, who, Jesus, Jesus, Martin, gun to your head. Would you rather have Karius, Keppa, or Adrian? I, I think I just take the bullet. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just bad. Like, I feel bad for Liverpool because, obviously, they're a completely different team with Allison organizing the defense. And, like, he's just, obviously, leaps and bounds. Uh, a better keeper, some say the best keeper in the Premier League. Um, for me, like, I also put this forward as Aston Villa has done wonders with their club, and Jack Grealish was a complete beast. And also Ross Barkley looked like, like, literally Iniesta out there. <laughs> like, just, like, a running... Uh, just in between the lines between Virgil van Dijk. And I, I really don't know what's going on with this Liverpool defense. I mean, we've said before that Trent Alexander, just what the hell are you doing, lad? Like the guy cannot defend for shit. Um, but Virgil van Dijk doesn't even look comfortable anymore. And it's, it was just shocking to watch. I had my friend, uh, JJ who lives across the street from me. He came over in his Liverpool Jersey and I was just like soaking it in like goal after goal after goal. It was just unbelievable. I kept saying like, no, they're not going to score another one. They're not going to score another. And he just kept doing it. Yeah, it was absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely insane to see. Uh, like you said, Jack Grealish and, and the boss Barclays of the world uh, shined uh, in that game. And uh, it's been a while since we've seen we've seen a defending champion take a thrashing like that so early on in the season. I mean, obviously, uh, we cannot judge this Liverpool team um, based off this game, but we will. And this this does show that all is not fucking rosy and dandy over in the Liverpoolian camp. And this does show that there there are some faults in this team. Um, you said that there was some unluckiness to. Uh, go their way. I mean, it, it's pretty hard to blame this game on some unlucky moments when it is 7-2. And, and we saw in the Leeds game uh, their defensive issues as well. So uh, there there is work yet to be done for Liverpool. Um, but on the other side of things, I mean, look at every other other uh, top six club with the exception of Tottenham. We're all fucking up. Liverpool just picked the uh, biggest opportunity to fuck up against the worst team out there. So this was an impressively bad uh, performance from Liverpool, but you know, it didn't really hurt them because City drew points, United obviously lost embarrassingly, uh, Chelsea is still three points behind, Arsenal is Arsenal, and Tottenham's on the upswing now, so who knows what we'll see, obviously we have two weeks for some fucking reason for an international break, uh, for them to rest, reflect, and get back into training and uh, come out in full force two weeks from now, we'll see how big of an effect it has on them no, yeah, I really think that Liverpool is going to come back from this international break because, for one, you're going to have Thiago back from COVID, Mane um, mm. as well. Also, honestly, and I've been saying this for a while, they are not the same team without Jordan Henderson, and I don't understand it because <laughs> Martin, I know you, I know you're laughing. <laughs> I just don't understand that these they just forget how to play soccer when Jordan Henderson is not on the field. I, I like. You can shit on Jordan Henderson as much as you want for his FIFA rating, and you can say that he is too overrated. I uh, agree in terms of playing ability, but as a captain, as a leader, the way he gets this team to play organized soccer, I don't know what he does. It's like, you know, uh, the placebo effect. Like, it's not actually anything, but the players believe it's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Jordan Henderson is their, like, Mike secret stuff in, like, Space Jam. 
Like they're, they're yeah. actually just drinking water, but it's Jordan Henderson giving them that extra edge. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't I know, know why. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. checking out what you're putting down, and you know it, it very well might be because uh, this has obviously been a dramatic shift in performances for Liverpool compared to uh, you know the performances that they are known for. And the only difference is uh, is that Jordan Henderson isn't around. But I I I still don't think that um, you can really pinpoint this on one thing. I, I think that we have seen for quite some time now, uh, since February, like I, I said a couple of pods ago, uh, the deterioration and, and the decline of this Liverpool football club. Um, before the season started, they had a win percentage of 43% uh, since February. That obviously has gone down in the first opening three games here. I cannot remember this Liverpool squad looking so shaky. Uh, since before this Liverpool squad was this Liverpool squad. So circa like fucking 2016, 2017. So uh, big eyebrows raised. I mean, Manchester United, you kind of fucking expect that shit. Um, But Liverpool, I don't think anybody in their right mind would have thought Aston Villa would have won this game, let alone won 7-2, you know? Yeah, there are some... People need to be, like, some kicks in the ass. <laughs> I wake up, play soccer now. Come on now. Jesus. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So, I feel like that was good. I feel as though it's Liverpool. Like, they had a lot of people out. A little bit of unluckiness. But, again, like you said, Martin, like, you can't blame this. on unlu- 7-2 is just – that is not acceptable. Especially for <laughs> a team um, coming off a Premier League win. Um, okay. Let's just hop around the league a little bit. Uh, Chelsea, 4-0 Palace. Um, I mean, Chelsea got two penalties, and Jorginho does his weird run-up. and uh, But, I mean, Timo Warner, again, what are you doing? Absolutely nothing done by him, I felt. Um, I'm still waiting for him to do something. Um, but you did have Ben Chilwell get his first goal, Kurt Zuma. But then again, like these are the players who are scoring for you. It's like they won 4-0, but I after watching this match, I was like, it, it was like, I don't know how Chelsea deserved to win by that much. It didn't. I mean, the the two penalties were definitely like given. They were definitely fouls in the box. But at the end of the day, I'm like Chelsea did not play well enough to win four nil, but they did. Yeah, it was it was one of those games where you're just watching the whole time, and and both teams look you know pretty decent, but nobody's dominating anything. And then all of a sudden, Chelsea's ahead four zero. It, it certainly didn't feel like a four zero performance from. Uh, the Chelsea players, uh, but you know when there are opportunities given to you, uh, send Jorginho to go take the penalty, and he'll do his weird hop, skip, and a jump, and the ball's in the back of the net. Um, but I will say, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but on their second penalty, Tammy Abraham's fucking bald ass uh, tried to fucking take that penalty, and my main man Caesar Asquilaqueta walked up, took the ball from Tammy Abraham, put it in Jorginho's hand, had a stern talking to with Tammy, and walked him back to the 18-yard line so Jorginho could do his job as the penalty taker. And, you know, I I do not think uh, Askelulu gets enough respect at all, especially since, uh, given his uh, length of tenure at Chelsea and in the Premier League, I think he is the best um, captain for Chelsea. Uh, the fact that Thiago Silva was given the captaincy on his debut is laughable. Fuck Frank Lampard for that. Um, Cesar Azcueta, um is a brilliant defender and, and brilliant going forward and just a great captain. Um, kind of like that Jordan Henderson comment. He's not the best on the field, but he gives so much more to that Chelsea team. And especially this younger Chelsea team who's who's grown up with Cesar Azcueta 
you know, giving them that old school mentality of Chelsea. He was the one who played be, beside the likes of John Terry. He played under Mourinho. He's that old school Chelsea player, and he's the last one there is. And it's, it's fucking, it's real cool to see that kind of stuff bleed through the uh, uh, sports at times. Yeah, I um really appreciated that to be like Tammy. No, this is what was decided before the match started. Mm-hmm. We have this. We have to stick with what we chose. We picked him, even though he looks goofy as fuck. I hate it <laughs> yeah. so much. We all hated Tammy. We all hated. Don't but he's. Worry. But but he's good at it, and yeah. I get it. Like um, if you would have offered it to him, it would have been different. But for him to just go up there and try and snatch it, like that's kind of shitty. Um, yeah. so I'm glad you know Azuqueta was there to kind of be like, yo, like. This ain't cool. Um, but besides that, I'm so waiting for Timo Warner to like just. I'm so like poking the stick. Like, come on, do something. So, Dude, uh, I think he looks good. He just can't score an assist, but I, I think he makes some dangerous uh, attacking runs, and he, his uh, pace on and off the ball is is really fucking incredible. I just think he's unlucky as shit. And I I think though, if Kai Havertz and and himself don't start scoring, then that old mentality of he can't hack it in the prem might creep in the back of his head. And that's where you kind of start to ruin the, those young players you took gambles on. And I, I really would hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there were some times where they did look very dangerous together, um, mm-hmm. which was exciting. It just doesn't show up on the uh, stat line. So yeah, right, we'll see. Right, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, Martin, we have to talk about this next team. Which you are still, I think you're on the fraud line. You may be thinking you're still frauds. Game. I got one more game, man. I got one more game to make my decision. You gave them, I can't say a damn thing. You got, you gave them five games before you can say they're really legit. That is Everton beating our gay seagulls, Brighton, four to two. James James Rodriguez with two goals did an iconic like uh two like peace sign backwards kind of like an up years in england uh with him smiling so james rodriguez is having a great time um calvert lewin uh is the next ronaldo r9 um so if you would have told me that they would be top of the league four weeks in but not only top of the league but like confidently at the top of the table before the first international break i'd have been like you're fucking nuts um, See, but, I, I, I think that's the key word, confidently at, at the top of the league. Because, I mean, we can have fucking flukes at the top of the league, i.e. Norwich last year. But this, this Evertonian team, uh, it's, it's not five games yet. I'm not going to say it, but they look for real. I, they look really fucking good under the uh, tutelage of Carlo Ancelotti. And I, I do not understand why no real top six club did not go after Carlo Ancelotti. And I quite genuinely believe we are now paying the price of nobody going after Carlo Ancelotti. And now or Thomas Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, that, that too. Like, did nobody in any transfer room at any big team think, huh, I really don't want to spend money because it is the coronavirus and I hate supporting my managers. Um, who should we get? Uh, Edison Cavani or James Rodriguez, 28-year-old midfielder who's proven himself uh, in the Champions League final last year, or 33-year-old Edson Cavani. Like, how did nobody line out the door trying to get James Rodriguez's signature? That does not make sense to me. Good good job on Everton for being the only one smart enough to do that. I mean, even Iwobi looks nice. Dude, I said Yo. that. <laughs> Yo, like, I can't believe that. I just said that. I, all right, all right, all right. 
But I have one last thing to say about this, about this Everton squad. And Maureen, I don't mean to upset you, but this is this is a tweet from at L. Brettland. He said, I don't want to alarm anybody, but the last time Liverpool lost 7-2 was in the 1962-63 season. Manchester United also conceded six goals in one game against Tottenham during the same campaign. During that season, during that season, Martin, Everton Football Club won the title. Look, I I mean, I'd be here for it. I don't care if Everton wins the league. I mean, it'd be like Leicester. I don't like or hate Everton. If there's only one man on Everton that I have a strong, you know, dislike towards, and that's Jordan Pickford, and apparently y'all are trying to get uh, Romero from Manchester United to replace Jordan Pickford, which I think would be a fantastic buy, and it would respect, put some respect on my man Sergio Romero's name. Uh, but, I mean, dude, I could see it. I'm here for it. I, I think that over the first four games, this is not a judgment. I am going to give my judgment next podcast, or next game, I guess. We have an international break. Um, this team looks the real deal. Confident, the real deal, and I'd have no problem, uh, you know, betting on them against the likes of Chelsea, the likes of Man City, the likes of Manchester United right now. Arsenal for sure. Um, for sure, dude. I, that went oh, out. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm putting my, I'm, sorry. I'm putting my paycheck on fucking Everton against Arsenal. Anyway, um, <laughs> even though we did win against Sheffield United this year, and that's our, good job. It did. Our, uh, is Sheffield United in trouble? Um, yeah. Also. All the Pepe haters. I'm not going to spend long on Arsenal. All the Pepe haters can suck a dick. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Everton are just fun to watch, and they look like they're having fun, which is just, you know, weird to say. And I'm sure if you're a Toffee fan, we have a bunch of Evertonian fans, like, they're probably listening to this, like, we have never been this nice to Everton, but we are forced to because you guys are that good right now, four weeks in. So, four weeks, I, four weeks in. Um, one last thing I got to say, uh, West Ham with David Moyes, uh, on Zoom, not at the stadium. Unbelievable. Defeated Leicester 3-0 after Leicester just defeated Man City 5-2. I don't understand this Premier League season, Martin. I will never understand it. <laughs> yeah, I've just uh, given up trying to keep, you know, logic in the Premier League. And at this point, I'm just letting chaos reign. And this is it. If 2020 had one sentence to be described by, is David Moyes, by Zoom, coaches West Ham <coughs> to a 3-1 victory over Leicester City. Like, that's it right there. That's the headline for uh, 2020. David Moyes coaching, number one, and David Moyes coaching through Zoom. I, I just I, – I, I'm shocked. I was not ready for this game. Uh, the only other comment I have about West Ham is that apparently they came to a mutual decision with uh, Jack Wilshire to terminate that uh, contract. And, you know, what is England's hope for the future going to do now? Where is – Jackie Wilshire gonna go because I need him playing in the prem. Honestly, or I would take her in the prem. Honestly, I would love to have him back at Arsenal just off the bench. Jack, yeah, that would be a great. Oh, I would rather have him than El Nenny off the bench. Are you fucking joking? <laughs> what is with Arteta playing El Nenny? You gotta phone him in and tell him to stop that. Position. Well, now we got Partey, which brings me to my next point. We're gonna talk deadline day very briefly, but the biggest part of deadline day, which was the biggest breaking news after 27 years as a loyal servant at Arsenal Football mm. Club, mm, mm, mm. the Arsenal board or whatever have decided to let go of Gunnar Saurus. And I got to say, as a Philadelphia fan who holds, you know, like the Philadelphia, the Philly fanatic very close to me, another goofy mascot. Uh, we also have Gritty 
and then whatever the Philadelphia Union are, they have that serpent thing. Sorry, dupe, dupe. I said dupe, so Philadelphia Union fans are going to pass there. Um, but I am heartbroken. And today, though, Method Ozil has come out and said that he would pay for him uh, because what else does he have to fucking do with his wages? But you know, again, but again, Method Ozil gives lots of charity, obviously, uh, to Turkey and everything like that. So again, what he does with his money, no one can say because Arsenal agreed to pay him that much. So th- again, right. I'm not. I'm not going to shit on Mezzo Ozil and how much he gets paid. He does a lot for people that none of us who are listening to the show have or ever probably will do for charity. So with that being said, someone get Gunnarsaurus to start an OnlyFans. Please. We need mm. this man mm. back in the Premier League. Let me see some Gunnarsaurus titties. I want to see that Gunnarsaurus <laughs> rats, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I just – look. This is just the dark fucking sociopathic uh, side of me. But I fucking hate it when teams like this do this. I mean, to fire a mascot uh, who probably makes probably no more than $40,000 a year because you don't have enough funds to pay the mascot while you're paying players like $360,000 a year and you yourself are being paid just buttloads of money and your sponsors are making a shitload of money but you don't have money to pay the Gunnosaurus Rex. Get the fuck out of here, Stan Kroggy. Like, it takes a lot for me to get on the side of Arsenal fans and really rally with the uh, Gooners. But this is it. Like, I, I, I'm i a defender of the Gunnosaurus Rex. That, that's fucked up that Stan Kroggy personally fired him. It's real fucked up Stan Kroggy did that. He wears a hat. Like, how goofy <laughs> is that? Like, that's awesome, man. Like... Uh, it's quirky. He's like Jessica Day on New Girl. And no, I don't watch that show. And no, I don't know every single fucking episode of that show. So stop judging me. Stop. Stop. People are asking, does Martin know every episode <laughs> of uh, New Girl? Um, also, shout out Sevilla because they did some funny oh, yeah. tweets uh, announcing Gunnarsaurus coming to Sevilla. That was very funny. <laughs> um, okay. Before we get into uh, fan questions, Martin... Um, also, shout out, because I think there's a lot of them about deadline day, so I don't, I will probably answer them in there. Um, the last thing I have before fan questions is a tweet from Barcelona. Mm. Um, Barcelona tweeted this out and then deleted it 20 minutes later. It was a picture of Ansu Fati, the new phenomenon player over at Barcelona, uh, with two players surrounding him. And the caption was, only 17 and already getting double teamed. <laughs> so, yikes. Not, so not, got, not great. There's, I think there's two options for this. Either we got like a 68-year-old fucking admin for the social media team who has no idea what, what that connotation is. Or we have some like 17-year-old kid who's like smirking and giggling to himself the entire time he's typing that tweet. There's no in-between for me. I, I think that might be tweet of the year. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Original, creative, a little bit dirty, and completely accidental. Love it. I, I just have so many questions, Martin. Um, for star- also, like, uh, uh, yes, go ahead. Double teamed in Spanish. Like, imagine if he wrote that in Spanish and that's just like Google translated into English. So maybe in Spanish, double team means something only soccer specific. And our twisted American minds are like, uh, double team sex. So uh, maybe it's on us. Maybe Barcelona no, is I've, ashamed. 
No, I have heard that the, the expression double teamed, and it has been mean before in like football, like, oh, he's getting double teamed on the O-line oh, yeah. and uh, double teamed in soccer. Um, but I think this was from the English FC Barcelona account, so they don't get a pass for this. I'm just trying to think, because like, I've worked in social media marketing, have made Instagram, Twitter posts for companies, and like I worked at a construction company where I did this for them, and it has to go through and get approval by people and make sure they check the wording and stuff like that before, like, does this admin just have full reign to this account, or did someone really just overlook this and be like, yeah, that seems fine, like, I just... I I just and then they got ratioed on Twitter, so they were like, "Oh shit, we fucked up." Like it it was a big oh, someone got fired, like for sure. Ratio. Um. So that so when you tweet something and you get more replies to it than like likes or comments because you said something probably controversial or something like you didn't mean to say. Is that a bad thing or a good thing to be ratioed? Usually bad. Okay. All right. Context is key. Um. I'm trying to think of another example, but ratio, just, I guess, I'm, this is explain it to Martin with social media again. I love this segment of the show. <laughs> explain social media to Martin. So say if, say if lads tweeted out, like, something we didn't mean to, and it was, like, racist. This is a hypothetical. We've never <laughs> tweeted anything racist. But it, most people wouldn't like or retweet it because that would be fucked up. They would reply to it and be like, what the fuck is this? You are pieces of shit. Do you see what I'm saying now? Yeah, but what if you posted something super interesting and people didn't want to like it or share it, but they wanted to like reply to it? Would you still be ratioed, or are we going into like, that, a that different would, definition? Um, it, it also has to be like probably viral too. So like, say if we do like how we put out our Twitter questions, like, hey, like, do you have any questions? And people reply to it. Like, most people aren't going to retweet us asking a question. They're just going to go to our page, and some people might like it, but most of it's going to be replies. It's usually something viral. Um, oh, here's an example. Maybe, like, remember Roseanne tweeted something, like, super racist and got her show shut down? Yeah. So her dad just had a bunch of replies being like, oh, what the fuck? Like, are you, like you know, like, you're, like, that's, you're a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Something like that. I hate all of 2020. Anyway, I, th- th- that was explained, <laughs> that was explained to Martin on the fly. Let's do some fan questions. <laughs> Um, here we go. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram. These are all questions from our Instagram at lads podcast. Thank you to everyone who had submitted questions. First one comes from King Nito 1019. He says, how many points do you think the premier league winners will have at the end of the season? Ooh, 85. Ah, yeah. I was going to say either between, do I think of an exact number? Can I do like a, like a range. Do a range. range. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say 85 to 90. I don't think it's going to be more 90, though. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with that. Uh, I just don't think we're going to see um, City and Liverpool win 90% of their games again this year. So going with 85, it feels safe. It feels good. Mm, I need that. Um, next question comes from Raw Football Talk. They said, fantasy uh, – Premier League-wise, who's the best transfer deadline day signing? Um, if you're talking, if you want fantasy points, um, mm. and deadline day, I guess Cavani, because he's a striker. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, Partey, he's more of a defensive mid. Um, and you also got that left back, right? Yeah, Alex Talos, uh, I mm-hmm. don't think he's going to be scoring any goals anytime soon. But, yeah, I, I think the... Uh, um, 
Edison Cavani pick is, is the way to go. Uh, obviously, he's going to slot in that center forward role and be expected to get goals. So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. Okay, next question. Griggs JC says, who is the most underrated and overrated player in each of the top four leagues? Ooh, this is a long question. Um, let's just do underrated and overrated in the Premier League. I feel yeah, like... Yeah, how about that? Yeah, because God knows I like I would just know players from, you know... Well, he has top four leagues, so I guess is he leaving out League Un, I'm guessing? League Un Uber Eats? It has to be. <laughs> oh, oh, I just got FIFA 21, by the way, and I totally forgot that League Un is League Un Uber Eats. That's so funny. That's stupid. That's so stupid. Okay. Oh. Um, Premier League. Underrated player? Um, uh, I still feel like Jack Grealish doesn't get enough credit. He's just so fucking good, man. Like, I feel like he needs to be getting more mm-hmm. credit. People were shitting on him about not leaving Villa or whatever. Like, God, like, after watching that Liverpool match, I'm like, people, like, why didn't anybody, like, dump truck some money for him like he's really yeah good. i'm shocked nobody put in a bid i mean you know all last year i was begging manchester united to bid for him but you know fuck me um for overrated um i gotta go with raheem sterling uh, it's an easy target yeah but i mean for all the hype that the man gets and all the hate that the man gets at the end of the day i think he's a bang average player yeah I, I think if you look at, like, Raz's goal contributions, I think, you know, statistically, I mean, when I watch him sometimes, I'm like, dude, like, why do you run so weird? And, like, why do you yeah, just right. not finish, like, in front of goal? Like, you just get these sitters all the time from, like, these players who deliver beautiful passes. Um, I, w- I think kind of, like, I don't know. I think Martial gets a little overrated sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think that's kind oh, of that's a lot. Salah, uh, I would definitely. Oh, dude! Him. If anyone in Liverpool is thriving right now, Salah's killing it this season already. He already got like five Jesus goals. Christ. I was saying that he was the most overrated player in the Prem. Salah, oh. selfish as hell, fucking embarrassing. No. <laughs> I love this selfish narrative going to Salah. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, what do you? Oh, Brady Iwood says, "What do you think of United's transfer window, Martin?" Uh, C. I'll give it a C. And okay. a very low C. Uh, I don't think that Manchester United addressed any deficiencies in the squad this entire summer. I don't think Donny van de Beek was a crucial buy. Um, I like the buy, but I don't think he was necessary to squad improvement. Um, so, see, uh, yeah, we got uh, van de Beek. Yeah, we got Alex Toad. Um, Yeah, we got Edison Cavani. But I don't think any Manchester United squad would have picked those three players. And we also got Ahmad. Uh, coming over in January, but fuck me. Uh, pretty pathetic transfer window, but at least we got players in. So uh, I'm actually going to drop it to a D. Shit. Ah, wow. Okay. Uh, I was going to give you at least a C, but goddamn. Yeah. Um, next question. Heather143 says, Mane has COVID. Allison is injured. Can we just mourn for a second, please? LMAO. No. Um, if you're a Liverpool fan, yes, thoughts and prayers to you. Uh, if you're Martin, just probably will give you a good old go fuck yourself. But hey, it's out of love, right, Martin? Oh, uh, yeah, all love for the Liverpool fan. <laughs> uh, Yannick Tupin says, if Grealish was to leave in the January window, where should he go? Um, any top six side, like, yeah, besides maybe City and Liverpool, but even like Jack, dude, Jack is so good. I would love. To see him at Arsenal or United. Well, United, you guys kind of got too many attacking yeah, mids. I know. I know. We, we kind of fucked that deal up. Uh, yeah, um, I think he'd fit in really well at uh, Arsenal. 
or uh, Tottenham as well, kind of take over the role that Deli Alley has. Actually, deserted. that would be a one for one where you get like mm-hmm. a prime. Where what we thought Deli Alley was going to be, you get Jack right. Grealish. So, um, next question comes from Brock B R X C K. He says, "How many points for Ancelotti to consider this season a success?" I mean, I don't know points wise, but if he makes top four, I mean that's a major success for Everton. Hell, if he makes top six, it's a major success. I don't think Everton. Has even come close to top six uh, since like 2013. Even Moyes? Yeah, since Devin Moyes, and that's why he went to Manchester United and ruined the team. Um, so, yeah, I think top six absolutely kick ass for Carlo Ancelotti. I think that he will be disappointed if they uh, place anything worse than eight. Um, so, uh, we'll see. We'll fucking see. We'll see. Uh, Sebastian uh, Gill, sports physio. God, I, I love this guy because he's always interacting with us on Instagram, but you have the longest Instagram name. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> do you guys have uh, PSN and FIFA? Um, we used to do that, but then I was just like, I don't feel like spending money on both. So I do have the new FIFA, and I played today, and I lost three straight games. And, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still asked. Martin, Martin's. I, I will finally admit to you, Martin, you're way better at fucking FIFA than me. You could like not play. You could not play for like a fucking year and still whip my ass. I just. <laughs> well, I just play FIFA 17, so not. I have no plans on getting the new one, and don't PSN. So stick with 17, and I can play with you if you bring your PS4 over and set up a TV next to my TV. Otherwise, you're not going to be playing with me. Okay, when I come to Charlotte uh, or Mooresville, I will bring my <laughs> PlayStation so we can play FIFA 21 and I can lose as Arsenal once again. All right, last two questions. Uh, EPL Boys Podcast say, uh, make sure to give them a check them out. Those are our boys, Logan and JD, EPL Boys Podcast. Um, they ask, what is your favorite kind of cheese? Um, I like a brie. Mm. I love me brie. Too. Me too. Melt that shit, put that oven in. Uh, put that in the oven for 400 degrees for like 10 Then if you want to go to the sweet side, you take it out, you put some strawberries, blueberries, and raspberries on top of it. Mm. You go mm. to the fucking spicy side. Oh, yeah, baby. That's a little uh, French baguette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then on a fucking turk turk sandwich with some apples on it. Oh, baby. We're talking about language. Yeah, breathe all the way. All right, and wow, you really got into that. Um, last question comes from Head Minister of Arsenal Propaganda at Gunnar Neal. He says, "Are you ready for? Are you ready to partay?" And I am so excited to Thomas partay. Let's fucking go, baby. He is what Arsenal's needed. I'm not going to be hyperbolic. He might be the next Patrick Vieira. Okay, guys, that is that is <laughs> ended the, on a high, baby. Ended on a high. All right, that is our show. Uh, we're probably I'm going to do a couple interviews with us, uh, other podcasts this week. But in terms of me and Martin, we're probably going to take off next week because it's international break. We might have like a short like 20 minute pod because I doubt me and Martin will watch too much international break because it's fucking stupid. But all right. Uh, You guys have a great rest of your week. We love you. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. I'll be your dream. I'll be your wish. I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope. I'll be your love. Be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath. Truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong. I will be faithful. Because I'm counting on a new beginning.